thank you for letting us worship you and um, just thank you for letting us all be here in this service. And God, I pray that um, um, Justin's message would just speak to our hearts. And um, God, I pray, just thank you um, for all the things you've done for us. I pray for all the people in Vegas and in Florida. And um, thank you. Amen. Amen. Hey, give the band a big hand as you go back to your seats. You guys are great. Hey, Delaney, how's it going? So I'm Justin. I'm the junior high pastor here at the church, and I'm so happy to be with you guys. It feels like I've been, it's been forever, and we're kicking off a brand new series today called Fake Relationships. Hashtag fake relationships. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible and grab a pen and grab a note piece of paper because you're going to want to take notes today because we're talking about dating. And here's the thing, maybe you've heard like people talk about dating or you know people at school who date or you even yourself have thought maybe one day I will date. This is the chance to take really good notes on something that I feel God has to say about dating. Uh, I want to lean in with this question. I want you to think about it for a second. Uh, it's going to be up here on the screen. Here's what it says. Yes or no, becoming good at something is equal parts quantity and quality of what you're doing. So when you think of dating, and we, I put this up on our Instagram story as a little poll that you can take, you know, yes or no, if you agree or disagree. But equal parts, uh, quantity, so if you're you know, trying to become good at something, you do a lot of that thing. So it's equal parts quantity, and equal parts quality, that if you're doing something, it's actually a quality thing. So if you're, you know, testing out, you know, figuring out how to date and do relationships, you're going to want to have, like, you know, a, a quantity of relationships. It's not a bad thing, but you're going to want to make sure those are quality relationships, not like lame, useless relationship. You don't want to have a huge qu quantity of really bad relationships. It doesn't make really good sense. And you don't want to only like have a few relationships that are really, really good, but you don't have a big quantity. You don't have a lot to learn from. You know, here's the thing, and I believe the answer to this is yes. And I think when Jesus talks about relationship, he, he lays a really good foundation. Now, over the next four weeks, we're talking about dating. We're going to talk about parents next week. We're going to talk about friendships. Jeremy's talking about friendships. And then we ha are talking about dating the very last week, and we have someone special teaching that. I don't want to give it away. This is what it says in the Bible. This is what Jesus said. The foundation he laid for relationships, uh, you're going to see it. It's going to be right here. Here we go. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. So when Jesus is talking about relationship in any form, he's laying the foundation that how we love people matters. That how we love people, our friends, people we know, our family, how we treat them as someone that God created, someone that, that bears the identity of Jesus how we love them and care for them matters. How we treat them matters. That if you can't look at someone and say, man, you, you matter. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter how rich or poor your family is. It doesn't matter what you look like. Like you are valuable and you're worth loving because you are a person that God created. If you can't start there, then you will never understand what it means to have a healthy, really good relationship. Now listen, I consider myself a dating expert because I've dated many, many people. I went through my Facebook and I was looking at uh, all these different photos of girls that I've dated through the years and there were many of them. It would have taken the whole lesson to go through them because I dated a bunch of people. And I'm not, I don't feel bad I dated a bunch of people because they were really great relationships when I was in them and it was awesome. And then I ended up meeting my wife, Brittany, and I dated her for like a year and we got married. Now we have two kids. So like I'm an expert on this. I know what I'm talking about. And when it comes to fake relationships, you guys are the experts on things that are fake. You know what fake looks like. You know, when someone shares a story, like when I was a, when I was a life group leader, I am a life group leader now, but I had a group of kids, I went through sixth through eighth grade with them. 
the first time around. Now I'm doing it the second time around. The first time around, there was this kid in my life group, and I have to tell you his name, but he came into life group one day, and he had this photo of, like, this guy. You can see this guy kind of surfing, like, this huge wave. And he came into life group. He was like, oh, yeah, I was down at the wedge the other day. And, man, the waves were, like, 10, 15 feet, and I hopped on my board. I went out there, and my friend took this photo, and this is me surfing it. And I'm like, dude, no, this is a fake photo. This isn't, this isn't really you. Like, you can barely see it. It's kind of grainy. Like, that's not real. Like, you guys are good at determining what's real and what's fake. You're good at calling out a fraud. Now, here's the thing. Like, we're really good at that. And I think when it comes to dating, our only, like, baseline of what we know about dating is a couple things. One, what we see on TV. If you watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, okay, I watched that. Okay, I, I watched that show. I sit there with my wife, we watch it. It's a crummy TV, but we watch it, okay? Maybe you're, you know, your thing of dating, you, you watch like other like drama like shows like Grey's Anatomy, and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be in a hospital one day, you know, this like love relationship with another surgeon, like, or whatever. Um, maybe what you know about dating is what you see your friends doing. And I'm going to tell you that, you know, and I love friendships. We're going to talk about friendships in a couple weeks. But I'm telling you, man, if you're trying to learn about dating, the worst person you could look at is other people your age. Because I'm telling you this, they, as much as they think they know or as much as they say that they know about dating relationships, people your age are still trying to figure it out. You know how I know that's true? So I'm married. I've been married for uh, five years this January. And I still talk to couples who are older than me to learn more about being a married guy. Like, I don't go and talk to people who are like, how long have you been married? Oh, I've been married five years. I'm like, okay, you have a ton to learn. How long have you been married? You've been married three years? Oh, maybe I could teach you a thing or two, but you should talk to someone who's been married 13 years. Like, when I talk to people who are married, I talk to people who are married, who've been married for like 20 years, and I'm like, teach me something. Because I want to learn from people who have more experience than me. But when it comes to dating, we very rarely do that. We kind of just go with the flow, go with whatever. Um, and, you know, here's the deal. It, the Bible doesn't really talk about dating. And that's another thing that makes it hard. The Bible doesn't talk about it. There's no verses in the Bible. There's no chapter where Jesus is like, all right, guys, this is what you should do when it comes to dating. Now, there's some tips, and we're going to talk about them today. But the Bible doesn't talk about dating. So let me give you a little history of dating. All right, step number one. Skip this verse. Step number one. Arranged marriages, okay, there's a history of dating. Back in the day, this is back in Bible times, and there's some parts of the world where they still do this, do this in India, they do it in China, where the family will come together, two families, so like maybe like uh, they do it in Africa too, by the way, I was in Kenya a couple years ago talking to some people who do arranged marriages. And the, you know, the father, mother and father, and the mother and father of another family, they'll come together and they'll kind of make an agreement of their kid's marriage, and they do this when they're very young. And if, you know, if you're like a really handsome guy, really beautiful girl, like you could get like 20 maybe 30 cows, like that's what you're worth. And like they'll make the trade, be like, yeah, you can marry my daughter, but like I need 30 cows from you and like some goats. If you're pulling 30 cows, you are beautiful, okay? That's like, that's, that's a big deal, okay? You should brag about that. Put that on your Instagram profile, be like, I'd be worth 30 cows in an arranged marriage. But that's what it was. And they'd arrange it for you and you'd show up on your wedding day, so skip the dating, skip the engagement, skip the parties. You show up on your wedding day dressed, ready to get married, and you look at the guy and you're thinking, you'd be thinking what I'd probably be thinking, man, I hope they're not ugly. I'm just hoping. And you, or you know, I hope they have a great personality or whatever you're saying. Because you're meeting them for the very first time, that's an arranged marriage. All right, here's another history of dating. This is courtship. 
Courtship is like you would dress up. They did this huge in the 1800s. Some people still do it today, but it's not as big. And you do this dating thing, but it would heavily involve the parents. So when you go on a date to the movies, mom and dad are sitting right behind you, kind of keeping an eye on you. When you go out to dinner, they're like at the table with you. And it's not just you two dating. It's actually done all together. So the parents are there. You never hang out alone. You're always with the parents. And you do that for a period of time until you deem it like the parents are the ones who make the decision that you are ready to take the next step in your relationship. Okay, so it's all parent, family-driven. It's called courtship, okay? Here's another one. This is a hot one. This is really, really good. Online dating, okay? A hundred million people in this country have some experience with online dating. You know who one of the people in the room is? This guy. Me and my wife, we met on eHarmony, and I'm not making that up, okay? I was sitting there in my office, bored. I logged on to meet a girl, and I met a bunch of duds, and then I met Brittany, who's a total stud, and she's amazing. I married her. Online dating is a piece of how people do dating now in this country. Like that, You may look at that and be like, that sounds totally crazy, but for some people it's not crazy at all. Because here's the thing, everybody has an opinion, something when it comes to dating. Now, I don't know how you define dating, okay? Maybe ask this question. I asked a couple students this question. It's going to appear on the screen. You're going to see it up here in a second. I asked a couple of students this question. You're up here on the screen. Hey. Oh, here it is. All right. When you say you're dating someone, what does that mean to you? When you say you're dating someone, what does that mean to you? Now, here's a couple answers that I got. I don't know if you'd agree with these. These are some that I got. It means you're in a relationship. It could be exclusive, but it could also not be exclusive. I don't know what that means. It's hanging out consistently. All right, here's a good one. A lot of texting. So if you have an unlimited texting plan, you might be a perfect person to date. Uh, it's not exclusive. But you'd be hurt if they dated someone else. So, and I feel like that. I think that's kind of true. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, if you're, you know, you're dating someone. Uh, if you share each other's passwords. So, like, if you share each other's passwords of our Instagram, like, you know, you're definitely dating them. Then, uh, the if uh, so, when I was a kid, I remember I went on a date one time to a movie. My mom, like Uber mom, is the one that drove us to the movies, and like it was very awkward and dropped us off and then picked us up, and we were in the back seat, kind of holding hands, and like we were in the back seat, and it's like when you you hit that like turn and so like I was sitting like on the the passenger side and she was on the driver's side so whenever we hit that left turn like I leaned over just a little bit extra to touch shoulders with her it was weird but that's what we did that's what I did when I was in junior high one time when I was in junior high I took a girl out on a date and we, I didn't have a car obviously I'm a kid I'm a child okay so I got her and we got on my bike and we went to go get donuts okay so she I'm on my bike and I have those pegs on the back of my bike so she's standing on the pegs holding on to my shoulders and then I hit a bump and she flies off some busts her face on a rock. All right, so girls, better watch out dating boys. You can mess your face up. Now, here's the thing. I found, I found myself when I was young trying to wonder, I found myself wondering, like, what is dating? Like, what does it mean to me? Like, what should I do in a dating relationship if I was in one? I remember asking that question when I was a kid. And here's the thing. I'm going to put it up on your screen. We all know what dating is or what we think it is in some form or another. We all know what dating is in some form or another. Maybe friends date, maybe parents, like, you know, they were divorced and they're dating other people. You know, maybe you and your parents talk about dating, so you kind of have knowledge about that. Their parents are very involved, which I love. Maybe you've seen friends of yours date someone, 
and they're dating the wrong person. It's like, how could you do, you could pick anyone, and you date, you're picking this person, this person's so bad for you, you don't even know it. And like, you're trying, you're having these girls sleepovers trying to tell them, like, you gotta break up with them, do it now, let's, let's leave them a voicemail, text them, text them, it's over. And it's like, you just know they're dating the wrong person. Or you see your friends dating, and they seem happy, and you're like, well, I wanna be happy, like, they're happy, why don't I have someone that I'm dating? Like, maybe there's a problem, is it, is it, is it? and you start asking, is it a problem that I'm not dating someone? Is it a problem that these other people are and I'm not? Now, here's the thing I want you to remember. No one can complete you, but we often think that someone can. No one can complete you, but we often think that someone can. You know, there was a study done in 2013 uh, where I I didn't go to school there, but I lived there, University of Buffalo. According to one survey, nearly half of teens between ages 11 and 14, uh, 14 years old, are dating. It was done in 2013. I think the number's only gone up from there. And if you think of your own school, and, and I'm not talking about these long relationships. I'm talking like what you'd, what someone would consider dating, if, even if it's a week, 11 days, over a weekend. You see each other only at church. You only talk like over text because you got to keep it quiet, keep it secret because you're really not allowed to date, so you kind of keep it secret. You know, however you define dating, you know, this study says that a lot of students do it. And a lot of students try, and a lot of students think about it. They have questions about it. Now, here's the thing. I talk to parents all the time, and this is the number one question they ask. I'm going to put it up here on the screen, you're going to see it. Number one question that I get from parents, uh, they all ask me all the time, should my kid date? Should my kid date? And they, they all are freaking out about it, and they're, they're curious about it, and they're wondering about it. And I want to say this. If your parents, I don't know, no one needs to raise their hand, but if you talk to your parents about dating, and your parents have a rule about dating, like, I want you to know, like, I totally support your parents' rules. And if they're like, oh, you can't date till you're 16, you can't date till this or till that, I want you to know, even if you disagree, I want you to know that I do agree. Because uh, parents make rules because they love us. My parents made rules when I was a kid. Parents make rules because they love us. You know, and here's the thing. If you want to get out of that, if you're like, well, I feel like I'm ready, I want to talk to my parents about it, here's the one way, this is the trick, this is the hack to get you where you want to be in your relationship with your parents. And here it is. Very, very simple. Write it down. Earn trust. You earn trust with your parents, you will have more abilities to do the things you want to do. When you, you know, earn trust, it tells parents that you're ready to handle more. When you break trust, it tells parents that you can't handle what you have and you need less. So when you earn trust with your parents, it tells them, I can handle more, I can handle more, I can handle having a cell phone, I can handle having social media, I can handle staying up later at night, I can handle going on dates, I can handle a part-time job babysitting. Like, when you earn trust, it tells them you can handle more. But when you break trust with your parents, you lie to them, you try and hide things from them, it tells your parents that you can't handle what you have and you need less. Now, here's the thing, there's this Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 20, this is what it says, Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will, be, you will be wise the rest of your life. Now, here's the thing, and I just, I just find this to be so wild, okay? When we're trying to figure out things about dating, you know, maybe we go to some blogs. I Googled, like, you know, dating in junior high. I found a lot of wonky, weird stuff, dumb stuff. You know, maybe we'll go to friends our age thinking that they're going to know more than we know, and they just, the truth is they just don't. They're, they're asking the same questions we're asking. They're young like we're young. And here's the thing, it's so wild because very rarely do we go to our parents to ask for advice. Very rarely do we go to mom and dad and say, what do you guys think? You know, there's this verse in Job, Job 12, 12, this is what it says. So we up here on the screen, you're going to see it in one second. Wisdom belongs to the age and understanding to the old. Wisdom belongs to the age and understanding to the old. 
So if you're trying to figure something out, you're trying to ask questions, gain insights, you're trying to learn something, you don't go to a young person that's still trying to figure it out too. You go to someone who's older, someone that's wiser, someone who's been there. They know things. Like they have things that they can share with you because they have this thing called experience, this thing called wisdom. So you know what you're going to do? When you're going to leave here today, you're going to go find mom and dad, and this is what you're going to say to mom and dad. This is so simple. You're going to say, it's going to appear on the screen, I want you to write it down. You're going to say, mom, dad, you're old, so I want to talk to you about dating. Mom and dad, you're old. You know things. The Bible tells me that because you're old, you have more wisdom than young people have. You're old, so I want to ask you questions about dating. And you're going to do that, and they're going to look at you with a smile on their face. I already got texts from students last night who went home and actually did this. because I I, We have Saturday night. I don't know if you knew that or not. And kids were texting me last night and Instagramming, you know, messaging me and being like, hey, I went to my mom and dad. I told them that they were old and I needed to ask them about dating. And they talked to me for like an hour. Because parents want to talk about this. Maybe they're rare to be the ones to initiate the conversation, but parents want to talk about this. Now, and here's the thing. I understand dating. And I understand that for us, sometimes dating is trial and error. I think junior high students, the best way we learn sometimes is by trial and error. You know, doing it, making some mistakes, you know, learning some more, making different mistakes, learning some more. That's dating. Okay, but here's the problem. The world has a very different picture of what dating should like, should look like. You know, the world says when it comes to dating, you should do what you want to do. You should do whatever feels good. You should do what everyone else is doing. That's what the world says. Now, Jesus, he has a very different perspective on this. See, Jesus was the one during the Sermon on the Mount who said, listen, I know what you've heard said, but let me tell you something different. If you know Jesus, you know Jesus is in the business of changing things. He's in the business of changing perspectives. He's in the business of changing people, the way they look at things. You know, Jesus does not look and say, oh, well, if everyone else is doing it, you should do it too. Jesus looks and says, listen, I know everyone else might be doing it, but what is the wise thing for you to do? You know, this is what it says in the book of Corinthians. This is such a great book. So this is what it says. Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6. You say, and this is Paul talking to this church in Corinth. They make a lot of mistakes. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, which is true, by the way. Even Jesus knows this is true. Like, the, you can do whatever you want. You don't need to even sit here right now. If you were like, I'm out of here. Forget this place. Like, you know, maybe you got to deal with your parents, but, like, I can't stop you. Like, we don't have guards at the doors. Like, if you're like, you know what, I don't want to be here. I want to leave. Like, you can do anything, but not everything is good for you. Paul knew this. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. See, this is the wise and the unwise way. See, the wise way is saying, you know what, even though I can do anything, what's the right thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? Not, you know what, I can do anything, so I'm going to do anything. That's the unwise way. The wise person says, you know, I can do anything. What's the wise thing? What's the right thing? What's the thing that's going to help me long term, not just help me in the next five minutes? See, the unwise person says, I can do anything, so I'll just do it right now. And they're impulsive, and they're quick to make decisions, and they don't think things through. The wise person says, you know, I can do anything, but what's best for me? What's the best decision to make? See, this is what I found. I found that the real question is not, should I date? How old is old enough to date? You know, when I do date, what should I do? What should I not do? These are the wrong questions. The right question is, when I date, what is the wise thing to do in my dating life? That's the right question. 
And I think we all get hung up on the wrong question far too often because it seems like the wrong question is the right question because it's easier. It's easy to say, well, when can I date? Give me a number. What do I need to do in order to date? Give me the checklist. I'll do the checklist, and then I'm going to go start doing that because that's what I want to do. But instead, Jesus looks at it completely differently when it comes to making decisions. He doesn't say, just do whatever you want and do it now. He says, what's the wise thing for you? And the wise thing may take time. The wise thing is something that maybe other people need to help you learn by asking them questions and listening to their answers. You know, here's the thing. There's this proverb. It's out of Proverbs 4, uh, verse 6 and 7. Do not turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop, uh, whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And now, and here's the thing. I know what a lot of people say the wisest thing can, you can do is, it's to, you know, get a girlfriend or get a boyfriend. The wisest thing you can do is make sure at the people at your school know that there's someone else that likes you, that finds you interesting, and wants to be with you. You know, here's the thing about sin that we never talk about. Sin is not just about the decisions that we make, you know, the things that we do. You know, sin, there's also a piece of sin that is trying to replace God. There's a thing that got Satan kicked out of heaven. So if you ever think, like, well, why, you know, well, how did this whole thing start? How did Satan get kicked out of heaven? What, what, how did that all happen? Well, there's this thing called pride. Satan thought he could do better than God, that he could replace God. So he got kicked out of heaven for it. Because we can't replace God. It's a, it's a foolish thing to try and do. But sometimes we find ourselves, or maybe you know someone that's done this, they try and fill that void of where God's supposed to be with someone else, with some relationship, with someone who tells you you're beautiful, with someone who pays attention to you. And what we try and do is replace that place that God's supposed to have with someone else. And instead of getting wisdom as the wisest thing we can do, we think the wisest thing we can do is climbing that social ladder at school and a girlfriend or a boyfriend and a title is going to help us do that. But everyone seeing that you are desirable by someone else will help us gain that. But the reality is that's not the wisest thing you can do. Gaining wisdom to make good decisions is the wisest thing you can do. You know, let me give you a couple scenarios, okay? Imagine you, uh, you find out that a boy or girl likes you at school, and it boosts your self-esteem, and you're feeling good, you're feeling beautiful and desirable and attractive, and, and, so, and you start dating that person, whatever that means for you to date that person, and you're feeling really good about yourself. But then 11 to, you know, 10, 12, 14 days later, that person is just not into you anymore, and it crushes you, and they do it in a really public way and it crushes you, and your self-esteem is in the gutter, and you feel like you're not beautiful, that you're not worthwhile, that you're, you're not worthy at all, and you find yourself saying, I don't think I'm good enough or worthy enough because I need someone to validate that I'm good enough and worthy enough. You know, this is what Jesus says in the Bible, Ephesians 2, verse 10. This is what he says. For we are God's masterpiece created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's masterpiece. So when someone at school or someone's looking at you or maybe you're looking in the mirror and feeling like, well, if I was so great, wouldn't someone else think so? Someone else does think so. God thinks so. Because God created you exactly the way he wanted you. He does not want you looking to someone else to find the validation that you are beautiful and a masterpiece and made exactly the way he wants you. 
You know, here's another example. You know, imagine being like someone's boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's a popular person at school or whatever, or, or you know, whatever you de deem as popular. And you feel by dating that person, you have now found your place in the crowd that you've wanted to be part of. But then when you guys break up and the whole thing doesn't work, you, you know, and you're alone, and you find yourself not really having a place anymore. And then you start asking yourself, well, where do I fit in? Because if I don't fit in in this relationship dating this person, if my identity, my place isn't as, you know, that person's girlfriend or that person's boyfriend, then who am I? You know, this is what the Bible says. This is a really great verse. You guys should write this verse down and remember it. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great and the last word should be joy. Now here's the thing. Adopted us into his own family. If you're ever sitting there thinking, man, do I belong? Do I fit in? Am I a part of this? Am I a part of something? Listen, you are a part of exactly what God wants you to be a part of. His family. No relationship, no dating title, no person will ever be able to replace the title that God has for you as an adopted son or daughter in his family, in God's family. But you know the truth is, and when you write this down, the wise thing to do is rarely the popular thing to do. The wise thing to do is rarely the popular thing to do. Most of the time, when you're making decisions, you're not thinking, well, what's the wise thing to do right now? You're thinking, well, what's everyone at my school going to look at and accept? You're not thinking, well, what's the wise thing to do? What's going to bring glory to God? What would God want me to do? You know, you know, getting wisdom is a very good thing. Like, what's the wise thing to do? Maybe I should talk to my parents, talk to someone who's been there, talk to someone who knows more than me. We rarely think that. We usually think, well, what's the, what's the most like, popular thing? What's most people going to accept? What's going to help me climb the ladder of popularity at school? And here's the deal. There is no replacement for wise decisions. You may do the popular thing now that will run out as you get older, and you'll look back with regrets. But there's never a moment where you're going to regret a wise decision. We regret popular decisions all the time. We never regret a wise decision. Because usually wise decisions are decisions that come from God, and they keep us from danger. You know, here's a couple quick tips for you about dating as we wrap up. Tip number one, don't give in to pressure. Some of you might be feeling that right now. You have a friend or there's a you know, friend group, the group you're a part of, and they're like, you should date. Why don't you have a boyfriend? Why don't you have a girlfriend? You should be with someone. And you feel that pressure. Maybe you should feel pressure from your parents that you either should be dating or that you shouldn't be dating and you kind of want to date. And, and you haven't really had that discussion with your parents yet. Maybe you're feeling pressure because you are dating someone and the friends of yours don't like that person. So you're feeling this pressure. You need to break up and you need to end it and you need to do it in a big public way that embarrasses them. Don't give in to pressure. Pressure is the enemy of wisdom because pressure is rushed and wisdom sometimes takes a while. Here's tip number two. This is really easy stuff. Parents' approval. Include your parents. You might be sitting there saying, oh, Justin, you don't know my parents. Listen, I know enough about parents to know your parents. Parents care about their kids. Parents want their kids to make wise decisions. Parents are willing to have a discussion about topics like this. If you alienate your parents, you do it secretively, you do something they don't want you to do and you're hiding it, when they find out about it, and they will because they are smart, you will lose the trust that you've been earning with them. 
include your parents in the process. Here's number three. Go at your own pace. There's a lot of people who'd say, well, no, no, you need it. There's a checklist here. You need to do this, and then you do this. And, you know, and when you're in sixth grade, you need to kind of flirt a little. And then seventh grade, like, that's when you got to really got a date. And that if you can keep them from seventh grade summer to eighth grade at the beginning of the school year, like, then you're, like, really a serious couple. Listen, go at your pace. And if your pace is, I don't want to date right now. I, this is great stuff, wisdom. I'm writing it down. I like it, but I'm not interested in dating. That's your pace. Do not let a friend or some friend group or people at your school pressure you in. Remember, rule number one, no, don't give in to pressure. Go at your pace. And if you're feeling like, you know what, I kind of want to date. I'm interested. I want to investigate this more. I just need to talk to my parents about it. Have that discussion with them. Talk to them about it. Go at your pace. You know, here's the big idea for today. I want you to write it down because when you get home, you're going to talk about it. Asking, should I date, is the wrong question. The right question is, when I date, what is the wise thing to do? So when your parents get you in the car and they look at you and say, hey, what'd you learn today? You're going to say, you know what I learned? I learned, should I date's the wrong question. The right question is, when I date, what's the wise thing to do? And you're looking at them and say, mom, dad, you're, you're old. You need to give me some wisdom. I need to learn from you. And then you're going to look back at mom and dad and what are you going to say? What did you learn today, mom and dad? If you're going to ask me, I'm going to ask you. Hey, let me pray for you. And then we're going to worship one last song together. Heavenly Father, thank you for these students. Thank you for the opportunity to learn a little bit about dating and the world of dating. And God, what you have to say about dating. Thank you. You are so good, God. Let us have a great time of worship. Let us have a great week ahead. Let us see that it's not about dating, but it's about wisdom. Let us pursue wisdom every chance we get. We thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Band, you're here. Take it away. Stand on up, guys. Let's worship.